there. Welcome to the What Connects Us podcast, where we explore human connection with people in Saskatchewan. Today, we're sitting down with Katie Schmelinski, who will tell us all about how a sourdough recipe transformed her life and what she's learned as an accidental entrepreneur. Let's get it started. All right, ready for something that might blow your mind? We are a few days away from reaching 20 months since Saskatchewan put the first COVID-19 public health order into place. At the same time, that announcement feels like decades and minutes ago, but terms like the new normal, social distancing, pivoting, and curbside pickup, they all transport me back to that pure feeling of uncertainty of how our lives were going to change. It was a stressful time, but it was also a time where the joy in the little moments, they seem to be amplified as you didn't take anything for granted. I specifically remember on a number of different occasions how my day was made when the donuts I pre-ordered from the everyday kitchen arrived at my door, when I was afraid to leave my front step and I was just buried in work and anxiety, stopping to enjoy a donut and a moment to myself provided a reprieve that that maybe I wouldn't have even made an impact on my day prior to March. This is a simple experience during a complex time that I know I shared with a lot of others, and you may be nodding your head as you listen to this. Today, we're chatting with the founder of The Everyday Kitchen, who was on the other side of making those moments happen while experiencing her own challenges and anxieties. We're chatting with Katie Schmelinski, who is going to tell us all about how COVID-19 turned her world upside down. This is after she had already made her own life-changing pivot. Katie tells us all about how a $7 cookbook from Sears became a priceless stepping stone during a very sensitive time for her. Katie's sourdough donut recipe has taken Regina by storm, and she's gone from making them for a small group of people in her home kitchen to opening their own flagship shop with a second location on the way. This didn't come by accident, though. Through anxiety to put herself out there and balancing raising three young children, Katie has invested so much into herself and the Everyday Kitchen brand and has joined forces with her husband, Mark, to become one of Regina's most beloved brands and one that provided so much comfort and joy during COVID-19, especially at the beginning of it. Katie is as driven as she is kind, and her story of overcoming anxiety that she still experiences every day is so relatable and will leave you cheering for her and her family as she tells it. Trust me, it's one that you don't want to miss. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I had to. What connects us to Katie? Let's get into it before I make another bad pun. Katie Schmelinski, welcome to the podcast. Hey, nice to be here. I thank you for joining us this this uh, this dark Tuesday morning. Is it Tuesday? It's Wednesday. I was going to say, what? I think it's Thursday. <laughs> Thursday. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Yeah. The moment that the sun goes down and doesn't come up until like noon, I lose all concept of time. Absolutely. Yeah. Does the morning impact you when it's like super dark and things like this? Or are you a morning person naturally? I'm generally a morning person, but I also have three kids. So oh, I yeah. don't have the luxury of not being a morning person. Totally. Hey, were you were you a night owl before? No, no. I'm I'm a morning person. How does so. that happen? Like I am a night owl through and through the moment it is like eleven PM and I'm that's trying Mark, to so oh, that's okay. my husband Mark. How do you balance that? Um, I'm the boring one. <laughs> <laughs> that probably works out nice. Like you can get things. He done likes in the alone morning. time. He's an introvert as well. So Oh yeah. Right on. So let's jump in with a quick introduction. Who is Katie Schmelinski? Give me some background on who you are so we can better understand your story. Oh, a loaded question. Who am I? <laughs> I know, um, it's a hard one, hey? I am the owner of the Everyday Kitchen in here in Regina. I am a mom of three. And my husband, Mark, and I have been running our brick and mortar store for 
just over two years. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, I ran the business as a home-based business for um, about two and a half years. And then prior to that, I had been a stay-at-home mom. So I still am home with my kids half-time, yeah. um, a bit more than that. Right. So I'm stay-at-home mom, business owner. Give me a snapshot of what life was like prior to the beginning of the Everybee Kitchen. Ooh, um, sometimes, you know, when you lived your lived life, you're like kind of forget totally. what it was like before. Those other chapters. Yeah. So my son, Micah, was born in 2014. Um, and so prior to that, I had been working, I was a receptionist and oh. then I knew that when we had kids, I wanted to be home. Right. So I had been a stay at home mom for, um, two and a half years before I had like launched the idea of the everyday kitchen. I had, um, a small baking business that I had created in 2011. Mm -hmm. I think it was 2011, shortly after I had got married to Mark. Mm -hmm. Um, which started as a way to fundraise money for a friend. We didn't have any money. Mm. She needed money to do something that we wanted to do, but we were like, we can't go, but we have a little bit of money. So Mark said, why don't you put it into baking ingredients and let's 3X our money. So that's what we did. Awesome. So that's how that started way down the road. Yep. Um, and so I had just done seasonal like birthday parties, Christmas, you know, people need baking for stuff. Totally. Um, so that was just something I always liked to do. Um, and so then after I had had my son, Micah, I didn't really do much because I was in a really, that was a tough season for me. It's an adjustment becoming totally. a parent. Uh, yeah, it was a lot. And so um, the Everyday Kitchen was kind of just the idea to bring what I had done in the past that had brought me some some joy or some, um, a passion of mine. Yep. And then couple that with my idea to share, to share recipes that I felt good giving my family. Mm -hmm. um, I like helping people in the kitchen and giving them ideas. So it was just kind of like my my idea to... To share. To just to start something yeah. and to kind of get out of my a bit of a funk. And so yeah. I was home with, with Micah. It was just me and my little dude. And then right when I started the home-based version of the Everyday Kitchen, mm -hmm. I rebranded to that. I had just found out I was pregnant with Aiden. So oh, awesome. Yeah, it's just been nonstop <laughs> building <laughs> and having kids since Oh, then. awesome. So, so yeah. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, this started as like a blog, sort of like a creative outlet, and then it kind of grew. Is that correct? So my purpose for the Everyday Kitchen was to start sharing yeah, more of my story. So yeah. share some of my story of what I walked through with postpartum depression, mm. um, just previous disordered eating seasons, and how I had brought that all together and the way we were eating at home. So right. how I had find found ways to find food freedom through nourishing my body with food. So right. I wanted to create recipes that I was making for our family and be able to access, sell those to people if they wanted to make their life easier because it's really difficult to find high quality food items, so especially when you've got kids. And totally. I, I mean, I've, I've laid back a little bit, but I was a, I was kind of had to stick up my butt what I wanted to like my standards for what I wanted to feed. Right. So there was that. And I just wanted to be able to share the recipes that I had um, but generally, yes, it was this morph of, I need to start just being myself and sharing some of my story mm -hmm. while also how food is a big, big part of that. I love that part of your story. Like you, you start doing like a blog or something and it branches into something you didn't even dream of happening. And we're going to get into that. So take me to 2017 and, and you talked about how the blog kind of got started. How did it start to transition into something a little bit more than that? So right around that exact time that the Everyday Kitchen idea um, came, dro kind of dropped into my 
into my mind. The everyday kitchen people are like, where did that name come from? It's yeah. literally just my way of saying like, this is what happens in my everyday life and yeah. in my everyday kitchen. And I'm here to share it with you. Totally. So that's kind of like the story behind it. Right. Um, right around that time, I spoke of the challenging time I had after I had Micah. Mm-hmm. One of the ways that I was trying to reboot my system or kind of find myself, if you want to say it that way, was to go back to what used to give me joy. So I, Mark had purchased um, a new cookbook for me, literally from the Sears Clearance Center for $7. We always laugh about that because it was all based on pastry and sourdough. And that was stuff I had never kind of tried before. And so it was on the way more challenging aspect for me. So, um, So I had been practicing with sourdough and with pastry, so like croissant dough, and I had just been um, teetering around with that pretty much right around the same month that the everyday kitchen was launched I had this random idea to um, I had been making sourdough bread but I'm like I'm going to make a sourdough donut Yum. Micah was two and a half and had never eaten a donut before so I was like I want to make like I'd usually like take something I wanted us to eat and like recreate it in a way that I felt good about so right. I was like it was actually this day of the Super Bowl our friend Justin was over yeah. and I always I never have someone over usually without making something or sending them home with something. So I was like, I'll make sourdough donuts. So that day I made them, they were mediocre at best, but (laughs) for someone who hadn't eaten a donut for a very long time and their kid hadn't, I was like, wow, these are, this is interesting. Right. And the only way I can describe it was that this little like bug in you, it was just like nags you like, well, what? What yeah. if the what if button kind of gets was the spark, the spark, I yeah. guess. And I was like, I need to, no one else is doing this. I couldn't find any resources online to help me. Mm. I was like, I've, I'm just going to try and figure this out. It was that coupling of I'm going to, I have this in me. Yeah. How I feel right now is not who I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to overcome this challenge of yeah. creating something new. Totally. Um, and so I had, like I said, a previous very small following from that old baking business I had. Pretty much like all the grandmas from church. Like (laughs) (laughs) all the grandmas are like aunts and uncles that like needed something. They're a mighty Um, army. Right. So I had like, you had small on Facebook and then I had started an Instagram page. Um, And so the sourdough donut coupled with the concept of the everyday kitchen. So 2017 was very much the growth of selling the sourdough donut. It was um, the idea of sharing more of my story got very much overthrown by the fact that I was pregnant with my second mm-hmm. doing pop-ups, working at 4 a.m. mornings. Mm. Um, and I was home with, full-time with my two and a half year old. So it was just all of my energy went into nailing down the recipe. Totally. And then figuring out a way that I could sell while still being a stay-at-home mom. So oh, creating amazing. my own business model around that yeah so. that's a lot who knew that a sears bargain basement find could spark something so Absolutely. great Absolutely, i still have the book awesome yeah, you should frame it all the time. It. yeah that's awesome so tell me why the sourdough donut recipe is such a game changer oh boy um i think the first reason would be is that there are very few people making them mm-hmm. in the world i mean a lot of places that even do sourdough donuts are using yeast to help make the process more consistent so there's that that they're they're very niche yeah. like it's like people it does make us giggle they's like oh yeah i've had those sour cream donuts from sour cream from, donuts. i've had those sour cream donuts from tim hortons oh, before no. <laughs> that must make your like blood like cringe well yeah. mark loves sour cream donuts yeah. from the good old days so right. no it does make us laugh um but people are like oh i've never i've never like heard of those or seen those around it's like because we are yeah um the first full-time sourdough donut shop in north america that's not using yeast to yeah. um facilitate our product 
Um, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, number two, it creates a flavor like no other donut that you had. Totally. So it's not comparable to yeast in any way. Mm-hmm. So whenever we are developing flavors, the dough is the anchor because mm-hmm. it has that unique flavor and it's not very sweet. Yep. And also the the health aspect of sourdough is mm-hmm. that it breaks down the gluten in the which is why sourdough is like it's a cultural thing in old past cultures yeah they only used like cultured bread products which is why a lot of us are struggling with totally our gut so yeah. it is it is very it's much easier on your gut our sourdough our donuts are not a health food there yeah. i do not advocate you eat <laughs> them every day but they are here in the world because when I wanted to have a treat and give my family or my friends a treat, I wanted it to be something that right. wouldn't make you sick when you ate it. So it's the quality of ingredients that we also use. We source like local organic flour, which is, as you know, four yep. times the price. But all those little things just like make our product niche and stand out. And um, rooted in the community as well. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, that's awesome. I can totally attest to when you have an everyday kitchen donut compared to another artisanal donut. It doesn't feel like it sits with you for days and you feel like, you know what? I could have another one of those right now compared to sometimes you go to pop-ups, you grab other donuts. You're like, I'm going to get six. You come home, you eat one. You're like, that's enough. That's, that's a, that's a heavy food right there. So everything, everything we do is, um, is whole. Like we make Mm -hmm. every, there's no synthetic colors or flavors so that, I mean, I'm, I'm super, my body's super sensitive because I've over years just really nurtured what we put in it. So if I'm, putting a bunch of heavy stuff in, I don't feel great. So if I own a business, I want, and I'm giving something to people, I want them to feel, I want them to feel good. So if you, if you want to have one and it's not something that you're generally able to have, it's nice to have the option of feeling a little better when you're having a treat. Totally. And I love the gut check of what I feed this to my kids. So I know that there was a level of anxiety for you that came with putting yourself out there, sharing a recipe you've worked so hard on and and taking steps to grow the business. Tell me about this. I think everybody can relate to when you show someone a a peek into who you truly are without the, the wall that, you know, the watering down, let's say the filter, filter, I call it I call that accessing your your authenticity. And so anytime, whatever it is for you individually, if you're accessing that inner authentic point, yep. you're going to get triggered by anxiety in some way, shape or form. And totally. so um, that was a vulnerable season for me. I had um, shut down a lot. I had, I was nervous to leave the house with a newborn mm-hmm. or a, a baby who wasn't even newborn that who couldn't eat well going out. So there's just so many anxiety triggers, totally. um, a lot of chemical stuff happening after having a baby. So I was in a really vulnerable state of, let's say, shutdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then to then one day I was sitting um, on the couch. I was just use this example and I just like, I jolted up. Let's, yeah. Like, and I, and I, like you shot up. I shot up. Yeah. I was watching like some sort of daytime TV to survive the day when my son was napping like price is right <laughs> no we don't have cable so oh, okay. i don't know what it was like the view or something i don't know <laughs> something awful right something right. awful no um and i just i had this like gut this like gut check and it was like do do you want do you want influence is mm. what is what it said in me because oh. i i had to partner with that and say yeah i do um i'm a motive like i'm a, i have lots of energy i remember being a kid and like i wanted to be the first in line every single day in kindergarten and yep. i wanted to you know, I want to, I'm a motivator. I'm a, I'm a leader to kind of shut part of those parts down of you over, you know, childhood or just yep. through hard seasons to agree with the fact that you are going to be who you're, who I need to be. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, 
that's an anxiety trigger because yep. it's like, well, what if it doesn't work out? What if people judge me? What if they think it's really strange? I remember having sheer, just so much embarrassment. Well, I'm, I'm starting my journey of mm-hmm. becoming more myself by making a sourdough donut. I'm yep. like, this is, seems very embarrassing. Mm. Like, and so you, a lot of times you can see like people, successful business owners, anybody say like a lot of the reasons people don't start is because they're embarrassed of being seen exactly. small. Yep. And I can relate to that. It's not even that I cared that I wasn't big because I didn't even want to be a business. It was just that I was caring. Mm-hmm. And if you thought it was weird that I was caring and trying something that felt hurtful to me. Totally. And so even just like showing up in a, in a live video or showing up in Instagram stories, I would yeah, like, like who's this they're, they're live for 24 hours. And you're like, well, I look awkward or what are people thinking when they, um, when they're listening to me, yeah. they're probably like, well, who are you? Why are you talking about this? I don't care. Like, right. and so instead of me just being like, oh, well they can just scroll over or they can just do something different. I was like, I was almost making up an offense on their behalf. Like, yeah. well, I don't like it because she's doing this and like all the tapes you, you, you the share narrative, in your head. The that narrative. is like so, the worst case scenario. So that was the the basis of every, my whole message is just, you just have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like you just, I don't use the example to be like, unless you start your business now or unless yeah. you go big and quit your career, or move cities, that's not it. It's like, you know, those like inner workings of what it is you want or you're passionate about or that you want that you're interested in doing. Mm-hmm. And if you're shutting things down because you're afraid of being seen in that, mm-hmm. that's a really good indicator that you're, you're stuck. You're afraid yeah. to say, you're, say, say yes. So when I use the phrase, like, just say yes, just start somewhere. I'm not saying just start that business, just do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally being like, I had to get off my couch and I had to practice a recipe and I had to practice just showing up. But that went from like, I would post something. It sounds absolutely ridiculous to then crying for 24 hours. Yeah. And then posting something and then thinking about how I should take it down, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah. And then again, over the, like, a, let's say a six months from there, posting something and then only crying for three hours. Right. Um, so that like, that's a huge progress. And now it's like ridiculous. Like, well, why would you cry when you post something? It's that you, if you're, if you've spent your life trying not to be seen and then you allow yourself to be seen. Mm-hmm you have an opportunity, whatever, the, whatever avenue that looks like in your life, you're going to give room to hurt. And totally. so you have to decide, am I okay with being hurt to grow? Yeah, totally. And when you say it starts with something, it truly can start with a $7 cookbook from Sears Bargain Basement, right? Like fun things and great <laughs> things and life-changing moments can happen from the littlest things, but you nailed it when you said, we're so afraid to start. We're, we're so afraid to put that key in the ignition because of being seen at a point in our lives when we're not good at something. Brene Brown's definition of true vulnerability is um, a concoction of uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. And you know that you are you are really being authentic and vulnerable when those three elements are colliding. And with you, it is the same thing. I want to be seen, but at the same time, I want to make an impact with others, but I don't want others to judge me for that. And I think that is such a great lesson for all of us is that you can't take your great steps until you take your first steps. And I think that's a really inspirational part. And I think it's a relatable thing as well. We've all done that where we've posted something. We're like, oh, what are people going to think about me? I'm just going to take it down. So or gone to that new class or reached out to an old friend, like yeah. whatever that is. Like my favorite quote from Brene Brown is, I'm going to, I'm going to botch a little bit, but the, okay. the basis of it is that true vulnerability is letting go of control of the outcome. Yep, exactly. Um, yep. And that is something that truly is 
it's a practice. Yeah. Letting go of the outcome of a how it's going to go and how other people are going to perceive you doing that. And yeah. that's the most vulnerable thing of all. So thank you for sharing that component of your story. And I, I, I think it really appreciate as you're growing, you're second guessing. And I think that makes you super relatable because I think, like I said, a lot of people do that. It doesn't go away. Yeah, it doesn't you go away. You just get better at practicing your mindset through challenges. Exactly. So describe what it was like to have the demand for your sourdough donut take off. So you're going from, oh, people are going to look at this. They're going to judge me. They're not going to like what I'm doing to the opposite where people are like, I want this donut. Give me more of this donut. Tell me about how that was for you. I would say it was exciting. It mm -hmm. was very exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually, when I found out that I was pregnant, literally like I think a couple weeks after I had launched like my whatever my Instagram page or whatever, I wasn't even sure if I would keep going because I was like, how am I going to, how am I going to make this work? with my two and a half year old and being newly pregnant mm -hmm. at that time, Mark was um, still working. I say still working because then he shortly after started his own business, <laughs> right. which kind of all ties into the story, but it was, um, it was really neat. It was really neat to see growth or Demand. that there was, yeah. um, there was an interest in this. I mean, there's people here now it's in like in this city in Regina, you may have heard of them and the word sourdough donut doesn't like, make you go like, what? like what's that yeah. and so but generally when i was first people are like ah, i just don't know about that yeah. like that one but then when sour they, cream donuts from yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was super it was super fun um i like i said i was really getting despite being very low in energy from being pregnant and having a two and a half year old i was very high in energy mm -hmm. because i was now tapping into that like that area where i thrive so yeah, like passion. having a few areas that i'm focusing on i kind of that works well for me being a stay-at-home mom is I'm I'm anchored in but I also have a project that I'm working on cool. so I was really so I've learned that about myself and that was a huge key to me overcoming um, some really difficult postpartum seasons because I really cling to and do well when I also have something else that's like triggering my brain and helping me to do you think it's problem solve you felt like you were losing your purpose a little bit and that possibly and that project gave you something to have a passion project outside of your role as a mother yeah I think it just helped reiterate that so I I can see purpose in raising children which is why yep. I chose to be a stay-at-home mom mm -hmm. it doesn't negate the fact that that is isolating and difficult yeah so to almost help me stay anchored in my purpose there. It helped me also have energy in a few other awesome. places. So that, that's the way I would describe it is that I, kn I knew that that was what I needed to be doing, but mm -hmm. it's, it's also sometimes what you know isn't always what you know in your heart. You have to kind of remind yourself that that's what you need to be doing. So, yeah. um, yeah, I, thought, I don't know if I answered that question fully. It did, yeah. Okay. So you mentioned that you were up until like 4 a.m. some nights. No, I would wake up at 4 a.m. Oh, you would wake up at 4 a.m. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That is <laughs> that is daunting. I can't even <laughs> imagine that. Um, and so sourdough recipes, too, like, it's not like you can just whip them up. It takes, like, 48 hours, our, right? Our process is 40, full, full 48 hours. Yeah. So, like, that was me working. So, the funny part about this product is it was legitimately created around my mom life. Yeah. So I was like, I can't do shaping at this time. So I'm going to have to alter what time I start the recipe so I can shape at 8 p.m. so that I can go to bed and then wake up at 4 a.m. and do this. Wow. And then when I had my second baby, it I completely changed it again because mm -hmm. this wasn't working. Yep. I couldn't guarantee what time he would be up to feed. So yep. then I like, I just 
flipped it upside down again. Yeah. And then like with the same concepts in a different time frame. So it's the root of the entire business was legitimately yeah. rooted in how does this work in in my life? So it's very much a, a representation of of well, me. <laughs> it's the everyday kitchen, right? It's like yeah. things like every day things are going to be different. You're going to have to change your process around. You're, it's built around your family. You're yeah. feeding your family. No, it totally makes sense. So um, how did you make the decision to, to take the step from a home-based business? People are really wanting these donuts to, you know what, there, there might be an opportunity for a brick and mortar store here. So 2018 is a really key piece to this. So mm -hmm. there's like 2017, 18 and 19 have their own key indicators that really pushed us forward into right. that area. So 2017 was that true, let's say you're finding myself season, um, growing another human. So really discovering more, no, no growth was on my mind. It was literally just like, I was actually looking at how can I hire one person to help me so that I, we can still put donuts out, mm -hmm. like, like in my home or like in a small commercial kitchen anyway. Right. So I had, Aiden was born at the very beginning of 2018. So I like wound down, I think December 4th was my last pop-up. I was very, very, very pregnant with Aiden. Right. Took a four-week break, and then he was born on January 8th. You took a four-week break <laughs> to, to have a baby. Wow. I took four weeks before he was born. <laughs> a four-week four bad leave. <laughs> um, so then I was I was not planning on working, which I have learned is, uh, is kind of a funny mark. It's like, yeah, right. Yeah, for um, sure. No, so I did take... Um, I, I made my first donuts again on Valentine's day okay. of 2018. Yep. So that was five, five weeks after Aiden was born. Right. But in the meantime, we had had a few friends over for brunch and I did make donuts. Yeah. So I, the fire was there clearly. It was, yeah. It was there, but it was, um, but I knew, um, right after Aiden was born, the whole vision shifted mm -hmm. yet again. So the original intention of like sharing more of my story and being more vulnerable in writing, mm -hmm. um, really came to a head when he was born and just, Whenever I have babies, there's just like major things that shift um, interpersonally in me. It's kind yeah. of just like each one has brought its own unique season. And so right after he was born, I would just be up in the night feeding him, obviously. And um, all of my like imaginations and kind of like subconscious, like I'm half, half awake, half sleeping thoughts were all these ideas to cultivate um, and community through through writing. This yeah. is where 2018 is where I really dove into what does it mean to build a brand. Mm. So I really just dove into that um, the learning aspect of that through like hundreds of hours of podcasts and some courses on um, what does it mean to build a cohesive brand. And so 2018, yeah. I literally was raising a newborn. Mm -hmm. Mark quit his job that he had been doing and he started his own marketing business. Yep. So it just was like all the stars were percolating. Yep. Um, so what that meant was that even though Mark was starting a marketing business, he had been doing it on the side for a couple of years and then went full time with it. Yep. We were a stay at home family, yeah. which is very interesting. Very cool. So we both just shared our time with each mm -hmm. other. So like if I was working until like four until nine 30, then he would kind of be like on shift until then I would stop to feed Aiden. And then he would take over and go to the basement and wow. work on his business. But then that was the only way we could really focus on growth was because I had a baby, not even focus on growth, but continue to make the product. So right. what I was trying to do, which most people don't really understand, I was trying to work myself out of making donuts mm. by building a strong enough brand that I can continually show up online that I didn't need that donut piece because it's yep. too exhausting for me as a mom. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. This is too much 
effort for me to do this from my tiny home. Like you would yeah. never believe our tiny home that the we dishes. Do this. I can't even imagine how just you even had... the sheer surface space to put <laughs> yeah. to put this product. And so um, that year, we realized quickly like pop ups were not an option for us because mm-hmm. like carting a baby in a carrier and Micah running around, it was just not an option. So we focused on creating a way moving forward to build my brand while also finding a sustainable way to grow our business and so we created a pre-order system so i was like i'm gonna post all of my product on a tuesday night and i pulled my audience i said do you want me to sell the product at six eight or nine Mm -hmm. they were like eight because they instagram poll so every tuesday at 8 p.m if you're an og customer you'll remember this you had to go on on tuesday you had so it started with like um Instagram DMs don't mm-hmm. recommend yeah. <laughs> to Google form that I created. Then I would put in the link in my bio. And as soon as it was full 45 seconds later, I'd pull it out of the link in my bio. Yeah. But then by the time I pulled it out of the, like I'd always oversell because I couldn't get it out in time yeah. to then finally we had someone come and help us build a, a website that we were able to put all of our product in. And then I would make it on Friday or Saturday morning. We'd change through the year mm. and then I would make it all that morning. And then we would do pickups through either um, through our home and we wholesale to a coffee shop as well. So right. that was that was a year of work. Family is growing. This business is growing. But how do we actually make this sustainable for our family? And so mm-hmm. people was like, pop-ups the only way. And we're like, no, pop-ups don't work. So we're just like, let's find a new way. Right. So that's kind of our philosophy. And everything is when people tell us they can't be done. We're like, well, that's up. Why? Yeah. Why can't it be done that way? It doesn't work for me. Love that. So it doesn't work for me. So how yeah. am I going to find a new a new way? So. I found a sustainable way to make product, which Mark was a huge key in that Mm -hmm. um, because we were building businesses together. It's Mm -hmm. not like he was like gone. I mean, we were both very busy, but he wasn't gone from like eight until 530. Totally. Which I wouldn't have had any hands on help to do any of the work. Exactly. Um, And then that whole year I studied I studied Instagram accounts and social media presences. And so I I established that I needed to create um, branding pillars. So Mm. my my branding pillars for that were create amazing food, um, enjoy community and embrace everyday life. So yeah. everything I posted about was, um, I mean, everyone's like, well, how do you share your whole life on social media? And I'm like, I share a very calculated version. Like it's very real, mm-hmm. but it's very calculated under my branding pillars. Yeah, it's because curated. It curated because you don't want to see you don't want to see like the donuts that you want to buy. And then even though I'm a lifestyle brand, you don't want to see my kids in the tub. Yeah. Or like baby throw up or something. Right. But if every time I did share about them, it was under the the pillar of I'm embracing like what life brings every day. So like choosing yes in my business. And so I would always like bring the story back together. So 2018 was very much, um, bringing the product together with the brand to a sustainable way to grow the business with our family that was growing. I'm so impressed with how intentional that, that, process was for you i like i have a bachelor's degree in in business administration and as you're saying this i'm like yep like checking as you're going me like this girl gets it and you didn't have to go I to took university a crash course, <laughs> i took a crash course in business between 4 a.m and 8 a.m yes when i was frying donuts on my stove top yeah. and i just would listen to like don't do not underestimate the power of listening yes. and implementing that's what you, you can listen 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 but every time i listen to someone's story even though it didn't relate to me, particularly being a lifestyle brand that made donuts, mm-hmm. I took a concept of the psychology of marketing mm-hmm. or the concept of branding in a cohesive way and I implemented it to my business. That's exactly why this podcast exists. So we're <laughs> going to get you doing some teasers for us if you want. Um, but I love a part of your story is that there was nobody else like you. So there was no um, path for you to follow. And so many people, when that happens, 
they'll say, well, I'm just not going to do it. That seems hard. But three or four times already you've said like, well, that doesn't exist. This doesn't exist. But I'm stubborn enough to jump in and figure it out myself and invest in myself, invest in my family in order for us to do this and make something really, really special. Um, so the brick and mortar store. Okay. You, yeah. How so did we're getting closer? Right. Um, at the end, very end of 2018, again, like major season shifts, obviously with, um, Mark leaving his job that he was to build a marketing agency. I'm building this business. We've added to our family. That's a lot of not small things in life, like yeah. changing careers. That's, you know, that's a, that's a big thing. Yep. Adding to your family. That's a big thing. Yep. Um, we were obviously percolating with a lot of change that was happening and just open to the opportunities. Yep. Again, like I said, I was really, really trying to get myself out of making the product at home because it was just so chaotic. Yep. Um, but then in a f crazy, funny series of events, then your, your gut, your inner, your inner knowing, I would say yep. just was like, what if something different? Yep. So I remember um, never, ever, ever, ever entertaining. I was talking about entertaining and imagining because I find that oftentimes like when you're tired or you're half sleeping or you're like not paying attention to your own angst or anxiety, you kind yep. of like wander off into like thought land. Yep. And then, so I'm like, what are you, what are you thinking about when you're like half there? And people, I'm like, pay attention to those thoughts because yeah. generally there it's something in you that's telling you something, but you're not, you don't have that consciousness to push it all down. Cool. Yeah. So, and in those times, I remember one time allowing my imagination thought to think, I wonder if this product could ever be made in a shop. I mm -hmm. said that to Mark. And like, if you think I'm the one, he's like, oh yeah, I could totally be done. He's like, I've yeah. already thought about how it could be done. And I was like, <laughs> we're going no, <laughs> like, it can't be done. He's like, no, it, it could be. And I was like, man, that would be really hard. Yeah. It's like, that would be really difficult to figure out. Yeah. But I was like, literally, the, and I remember just having this like teeny little um, mental image of like a very small, tiny, like bakery storefront you would see in like a very small town. Like that was like what I imagined in my head. But I was yeah. like, yeah, that's, that would be so much work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to be home with kids. I'm like, I can't do that. Right. Um, so it was kind of like the first thing that like percolated in me. Like, I wonder... I wonder. And then just through some connection points we had made with a, like a, um, a photo shoot that I had in 2018, I had an idea to put together a, a, a beautifully set table mm -hmm. in a nice room surrounded by friends and family with really good food. Mm. And I was like, why is this? And I would like, I'm like, why is this important? It's like, that's a lot of money to put towards a photo shoot that literally has no outcome, like financially mm -hmm. wise for our family. And so I remember just percolating on this idea at nighttime when I was feeding Aiden. So like my, my thoughts were just kind of like, yeah. I wasn't paying attention to them. And I told Mark, he's like, yeah, let's make it happen. And I was like, mm. are you sure? I'm like, it's going to cost like hire stylist, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, like let's, let's do it. Sounds like, sounds like that's something that needs to be done. And so mm. that was the catalyst of more like the branding aspect of the everyday kitchen. And it was just my subconscious response of saying, this is what matters to me. And this is what I want my presence in the world to signify like yeah. everyone's welcome at the table there's no um there's nothing stopping you from coming to sit down like mm -hmm. come enjoy the goodness of just being together with people yeah. um and that was my way of signifying that so that actually funny enough the photo shoot that i did was in the local market before it was even where our first brick oh, and mortar cool. store was yeah even before it was um Renault. so it was completely in like Renault mode right. when we did that photo shoot there. So that was the first connection point early 2018 with that building. It was, a, yeah. it's a very special building. I like how um, you're talking about percolating and how these, these kind of thoughts come out of nowhere, but it's almost like, like 
bear with me here. This is going to be like a weird metaphor. Listening to these podcasts and reading all these different things and monitoring these Instagram accounts, they're like the ingredients that you're almost like putting into like a bowl and then you're putting it in the oven, it's baking. And they still then, need to be mixed. Yes. They still need to be created. They still yes. need to be baked. They need to percolate a little yeah. bit and then you put it in the oven. They're just kind of baking for a little bit. And while you're you're feeding Aiden or something, all of a sudden it's like, boom, done, it's ready. And then it's like the inspiration to, to actually jump into it. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, if you can get anything from this podcast, it's what are the things that you're like having to force down continually because yeah. you're too uncomfortable to think about them. Yeah. What if just saying yes was, I'm going to think about these ideas that make me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Because where, what could they, where could they take you? Yeah. It's a sourdough rising. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it smells sour. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just kidding. Um, but then at the, near the end of 2018, um, we had heard there was an opportunity. We were looking for a small kitchen space to hire one person to make the donuts I was making that I wouldn't have to make at home anymore. Right. That's what we were trying to do mm -hmm. and through that process i like kind of accidentally said yes to yes we'll run a full-time business in the local market well well even like not fully realizing what i was saying yes to i still thought it was like well we'll rent a little bit of space and hire one person to do it but then as we were going on i was like oh no they're really looking for like an established full-time business here and then right. I was like, my body went ahead of my mind. Like, yeah. it was just like, yeah, well, like we could probably do that. And then I remember Mark being like, what did you just like? <laughs> yeah. um, but then, I mean, there's more to it. There's more to it than that. Um, our faith is a huge, like my belief in God is a huge part of my life. And mm -hmm. I felt like stirred or like you just like, there was a knowing that this was the right thing. And the way I would describe it is this was the first time in my life where I truly, truly thought if I don't try this, I will regret. Oh. This will be the what if regret that I regret for the rest of my life. Mm. And I had never experienced that so strongly. And you can't, unless you've felt that mm -hmm. enough to uproot your entire life, do something inc so incredibly difficult and scary. Um, that's the only thing it was just like, I had this thought, like it obviously was percolating. Could it be done? Maybe we could do it. I don't mm -hmm. know about that to be like, to act. Yeah, we're going to do it. And yeah. like, oh my God, what did I say? And then it was like, yeah, like if I don't, if I don't act on this, even if it doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. So there's been many times in my life where it's like, I have to say yes to this next thing. Mm -hmm. And then if it, if it doesn't work out or this, this door gets shut or this turns not into the way that I think it is, at least I will have, and I will have entertained the thought of what could have been. Yeah. Compared to like 20 years down the road, you're thinking, oh, I should have done that. Absolutely. So at this point, Mark is still running his marketing agency. Mm -hmm. We're still running both. I'm running my business. He's running his, but we're like helping support each other through that. Um, and at this point, I said to him, this is, if we're going to do this, this is a team effort. Mm -hmm. Like our skill sets are, we work well together, but we have different skill sets and I can't run, we can't do this without each other. So mm -hmm. if we're going to start a brick and mortar store, this is like, this is us. This we're is our, we're all in. This is the two of us. Mm -hmm. And so we thought that meant that he would work himself out of his job like in three to four years, but yeah. it ended up being three months. Oh, wow. Uh, it just was too, it was just too much. It's like, no, Mark, the, I need you here. Like, like we we're just, we we're, there's just so many operational pieces because yeah. we run uh, sourdough donut bakery, which is like its own systems and then a, a coffee shop too. So we're technically employees. two two businesses that have no overlap like yeah. the coffee shop side doesn't overlap with the bakery side so you've got 
you've got all these stuff, but with two different entities. Mm -hmm. So we both kind of had to like divide and conquer. Okay, let's pause the conversation there for a second. Katie and Mark are not only married, but now business partners as they've started their family-owned business. There's a lot to keep in mind when starting your own or transitioning your business into one that is family-owned. I gave Jane Button a call, who is Connexus's Regional Vice President of Small Business and Specialized Solutions, and asked her to break this down for us. Here's what Jane had to say. Well, thank you, Mason. You know, I could talk on this for 60 minutes. So in 60 seconds, I would highlight three main points. Number one, the why. What is the motivation for this family succession or the startup business? What decisions are best for the business? Is succession just expected by the parents or has it been assumed by the kids? Or is there real drive and passion for the business truly evident in those new potential family owners? And are there business skills and acumen present or is there potential for such growth? All these factors combine together to make sure that there's a fit between the family and the needs of the business. So this may seem like a real obvious fact, but it's not and often assumptions are made to the detriment of the business. Number two, the expectations and communicating all of these expectations, both to those inside and outside of the business. So what roles will the family play? Is this going to be a management function or an ownership scenario? And what is the vision or future intentions for those roles? And it's really important for the existing owners to be open to new ideas for those coming in. And set boundaries around family versus work. So that is all commingled now. So set expectations on when you talk about which. Third point would be the preparation. And here I would emphasize early, early, early. So focus on training and development that's going to be needed. Ensure that family uh, members learn all necessary parts of the business. They may jump in thinking they want the top job, but we all know that there's a lot of development needed in all parts of the business. And involve outside partners early. So seek the advice of your legal, accounting, banking advisors, etc. at the initial stages, really at the onset, and gather that advice throughout. So in summary, Mason, in my mind, businesses do not belong on silver platters. So it's important to structure the deal properly as you would any other business deal to ensure the success of the business. Thanks, Jane. That's some great context to keep in mind as your family-owned business continues to mature. We're just getting into the good bits of Katie's story though, so let's get back at it. So what was your first day like and how has the brick and mortar experience been for you so far? Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say the whole experience has been coupled with like so much, how do I, how do I absorb everything that's happening right now? Cause mm -hmm. this is, this is very like overwhelming and exciting with, oh wow, like I am so in over my head yeah. and I am drowning in chaos. Yes. Equally as intense as it has been special. So. Yeah, totally. How did you change the mindset of, um, as people are coming in for the first time, it would be so natural to focus on each customer to be like, I want this to be the best experience for them. This is my brand new business to having to shift over to, um, I can't control each interaction with customers. I have to be able to trust my employees, my staff, the experience in the store, Absolutely. the taste of the donuts. How did you shift that mindset? So I would say that is the saying yes to starting this business started with that mindset mm. because I was not going to, I was not going to come go to work full time mm -hmm. and not be home with my kids. So I, I said to Mark, if we're doing this, we are investing into 
people that we trust yeah. and then letting go of the control and managing what happens through that. So we went in with that mindset piece of we can't do this on our own and I cannot control like whether or not that that's easy and I have to let, let go of those things. And there's still certain things every day I have to work through to become a better leader to yeah. be able to help those things follow through. But we went in with we at the beginning of 2019 went in with this is a team effort. We are mm -hmm. hiring people to help us bring the, our, our mission to fruition here yep. without us being, because if I'm there every day helping every customer, I guess what I'm not doing, managing a kitchen team. I'm yep. not home with the kids at all. So it's, it was that. Commitment to the it vision. It was a commitment. Like we started with a very, very clear vision of what, what our family and what we wanted our life to look like mm -hmm. and how we were going to build our business into that. Very cool. Into that vision. So. Yeah, that, that's important to have that goal set, but like stay committed to that vision of what you want to look like. It would be very simple each day, depending on how you're feeling, to kind of shift with it. But like that commitment at the end of the day to to be able to balance both family and, and business is super important. So you talked about investing in people and the community and, and building trust. So shortly after moving into your first shop, COVID-19 made its uninvited arrival. How did this impact you and the Everyday Kitchen? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. Um, on the Mark and I will never forget that week when things started to come out. Um, mm. You're like, am I living in a movie? Is this... Is it, wait, is this really serious? Is totally, is, is this, is this the media? Is like, this, what is it? Yeah. Um, that was one of the heaviest weeks we have ever lived through. I mean, it was heavy for everybody, mm -hmm. but when you're inviting people into your space, everybody brings in their own emotions and their own Energies. chaos and energy. Yeah. And holy cow, that week we felt mm. so much like I literally, I don't think I ate that week. I was just so, I wasn't, a, I was incredibly, I didn't fully understand what was going on and I wasn't afraid of what was coming per se, like mm -hmm. from my limited knowledge, but it was that we were absorbing the weight of what was happening in our city and in the world. And That's how the way other we just, people were feeling about it. Yeah. yeah. And it was, we, and then the whole question is like, obviously what's going to happen. And then you're like, how do, how do, do I need a new business model? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Like, so and you just started. Like yeah. you just had your opened your shop. You're just like everything five I months, just built. September five, five, yeah. Oh, what'd you do? How'd you pivot? Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so right after that week, and then when they said, I mean, we could see like things were shifting through the week. Like mm -hmm. trends were shifting. People were more and more afraid. We're like, are we gonna get anybody in the door next week? Mm -hmm. So I would say, um, if you, if anyone knows my husband Mark, you would know. He always thinks through a plan even before. So he had been paying attention to the news very closely. Mm -hmm. um, and so he, at the beginning of the year, he had been watching trends that had been happening around. And he was um, thinking about what we could possibly do as a business to help adapt um, our processes. So that, that week, we literally just, we hummed and hawed all week. We're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then I think that they shut things down at the end of that week. I think that's when they went into the 14 days to... Oh, yeah. The public health order. The 14 days. Yeah, the 14 days. <laughs> the 14 days. days. <laughs> Sorry, it's not funny, but it's ironic. Looking back now, it's just like, whoa, that feels like yeah. a lifetime ago. So we were like, what are we going to do? We're like, if we, um, we're like, we got to move online. So then we just built over the weekend, Mark and our website guy built two new, completely new website portals that changed our business from in-store brick and mortar to 
a pickup store that you mm-hmm. could a curbside pickup store and an online delivery store yeah. curbside pickup like that term is something that since COVID is like just rammed right up we were one of the first people to yep. like implement that like on the monday yep. like th- i think things closed down on like the friday or saturday mm-hmm. and then all weekend we literally worked rebuilding our systems yep. and then to a new we started a new business that monday totally. of COVID. Oh, yeah totally um what came next so all, all of this is intertwined with a lot of chaotic emotion. Obviously your, your business, you, you have our family, like this is our family income. This is all of our staff at that point. I think we had 14 or 15 staff. I mean, mm. the weight of everything is crashing down on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and both Mark and I felt separately that week. We're like, if we, that, that like inner knowing like that, like another one of those, like you know that it has to be what you do. We were both separately. I was laying Micah down and Mike Mark was out driving around doing something, probably getting something to do to set up our new business that mm-hmm. weekend. Um, and I was laying Micah down and I just had the thought, if we can find a way to be open, we have to help other people. If we have the privilege of finding a way to make income and keep our staff employed, we have to be able to give back to people who need help. That was just like, just it just came over me. Mm-hmm. We need help. And then I called Mark. I'm like, Mark, if if this works, I'm like, we we have to find like businesses or or organizations that are helping people right now, and we have to we have to help them. He's like, it's it's already done. He's like, it's <laughs> our <laughs> like we're like we're just. I mean, we've been married for a long time. Our heart is the same for yeah. Um, and then we made the we just said any profit we make. Um, is going directly to di- directly back into the community. We didn't know what that meant. We mm. didn't know if that meant like just enough to like pay our staff in like a couple dollars that went to the community. We were just like, if we can be open. And Mark and I talk about this a lot right now. The kind of our our greatest motivator in that was that there was so there's so much at, like angst and there's so much fear and there's so much. I mean, we've never seen any like anything in like like this in our entire totally. lifetime. Yep. And we just felt like if we can be an injector of joy and disruption in a really distraught and non hopeful time, mm-hmm. and we can, and we can play a part in that in a, in a very simple way, again, like making donuts yep. and being open or like, we have to create a different narrative mm. for our city and just provide some hope. Never underestimate the power of being generous. Oh, I have chills. I have chills. <laughs> um, and it's so true. Like you, th- you, you talk about injecting joy into the day during those like chaotic times. Like it was something to look forward to, like the donut delivery or so we keep hearing all these things from like customers over the years. Yeah. Like I remember those like isolation times we come and park. And <laughs> it was the best moment of, of um, my everyday life, the everyday kitchen to this really strange novel feeling of I'm just isolated in my house for a little bit of time, not sure for how long. But then on Zoom calls, me and my coworkers are cheersing about we just had a worked all weekend and we're cheersing with donuts. Like yeah. it's something that would spark joy into, like you said, a really uncertain, very scary time. Yeah. And it's so awesome that you really embrace those cooperative values. Like, let me just reiterate it every amount of profit went to other people. Yeah, we didn't take a, Mark and I didn't take a salary and we paid our staff and then every every penny went to, I can't, I, now I'm like, I think it was 10 organizations. Mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time remembering how many yep. they were. Yep. But yeah, over the course of 
five weeks, we donated $50,000 to the organizations. $50,000. Yeah, it was wild. I love how it's like, oh, we might be able to give a couple pennies here and there in a year or so. It's like, no, $50,000 in how long you said? Five weeks. Five weeks. Five weeks, $50,000 to 10 different organizations and charities that need it most. Yeah, so our operations, like we were making, um, there's very few places that were open. So Mm. then on the backside that nobody would have noticed is that our entire operations had to shift like on how we sold the product, but also how we made it because... Mm the amount changed and so then the staffing changed and so then all these staff who weren't actually trained to do certain work were being thrown into all these different areas and Classic so it was COVID, yeah. right so it was just like everybody was kind of filling in a job that like they kind of knew how to do so yeah. yeah it was it was a definite it has been a whirlwind ever since we opened but that was a very crazy time yeah it's truly the cooperative values of the community is helping you you help the community and it just becomes this cycle of helping each other i loved what you said about never underestimate the power of kindness and generosity it's so true um you were recognized as one of the connexus kindness capital fund winners for this incredible generosity during this time what did it feel like to be recognized for being a kindness champion by the community yeah, I think at that point we hadn't stopped long enough to actually realize what was happening. And so in <laughs> yeah. that moment, it actually like sunk in. Um, I think I slowed down for long enough to be like, oh, oh, wow. Like, yeah, yeah we we were helpful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like and um, and I'm and I'm was really proud that we were able to make that, that mm-hmm. happen. So I remember that day I was yeah. just like, yeah, it finally sunk in yeah. that we were like, not only were we just ha- having happy customers, but also in the background all of our systems and chain so hundreds of DMs and messages and, and yeah. emails. Like, so you're just like bombarded by, and unfortunately when you're doing something like that, people are just always not happy yeah. as well. So totally. especially when you experience large amounts of systems growth and then you have in the background trying to keep up with making everybody have the best experience possible, yeah. that took up all of our energy. How do, how do we run our operation mm-hmm. without crashing to the ground? And so then finally, you know, stopping to rec- being recognized for that was, I f- we felt incredibly honored mm-hmm. and it was a, a way for us to just slow down and be like, oh, wow. Like I, it was, it was felt really nice. Too. Yeah. And it wasn't just like one or two people that were nominating you. There were lots of people who were nominating you and I was lucky enough to be there when you received that news and I could I could feel like I I saw the physical hit of you thinking oh like people people enjoy like we're we're like it was such a an authentic response of like you said the shift of the day-to-day to oh we're actually doing something very kind and it was so awesome to see that and you guys get emotional it was so great and it was so well deserved thank you so much so um, you've just moved into a new building, which is your new flagship location. Tell me about this. Oh man, <laughs> that space is, is a very unique and special yeah. space. That's been a lot of our heart. That's, that building is our heart and our soul. Mm-hmm. So that was, that's been a year right before we were pregnant, right before we found out we were pregnant with Ayla, yeah. <laughs> we started at, um, realizing that we were out of space and then we had signed on a location for the East end. So really needing to look forward to how are we going to sustain growth for mm-hmm. um, our production side, because we run our business in a shared kitchen, yep. um, which that's crazy. It's crazy. We were able yeah. to do what we did in a shared facility. Um, and so we, that's a really big building. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we walked in and it was dirt and weeds, no water, 
no power, nothing. Yeah. It was a shell. It's like legit a shell. Yeah. And I remember we walked in and we both, we just could feel what we both knew exactly what the space could be. Like yeah. both of us, even though we couldn't, you can't see it with your eyes. We were like, can you imagine what this space would be? Mm -hmm. And we were just like, dang. And then had another one of those, like, I don't know about this. Like, yeah. it's just like percolating on it. And we just like kept moving forward. So we decided to move forward with, could we... Can potentially move this yeah. business because it's right beside our other business like it's really cohesive move mm -hmm. so you break it down like you are going from a shared space to your own space like what are the differences between the two different locations um just huge flexibility for our staff and our team yeah yeah so like we built our kitchen now we have like full access to it for 24 hours mm. um so just a lot of opportunity for our business to grow um into certain products that we want to put out right um just more of a comfortable space for our staff and team and then on the on the flip side we get the space that we get to invite um our community into mm -hmm. <laughs> to say like we built this from the from like from dirt and weeds to this yeah um and so that carries something yep. right so when you're able to invite somebody into it it, it hopefully should emokes them a vote emotes them of emotion invokes some emotion, some emotion. <laughs> um and so that literally is we our, our years of like we love to travel we love yeah. coffee we love we love bringing our family to like great spaces that yep. is the efforts of never having what we wanted here yeah. and and then building it and then now the doors are open and you're like well, that's oh, moving a business is also very, very difficult. So totally. it's just we're in the midst of it being like incredibly exciting and incredibly hard. <laughs> yeah, totally. A thing that I want to bring back that we discussed earlier was about um, at the beginning of your business, um, you were so transparent with the anxieties you faced when taking steps to grow the business. And in in comparison, it's interesting how you feel that anxiety to even just post a, a, a photo. So now you are taking steps to go into brand new locations, open a second one. Do you still feel these anxieties when these decisions are being made? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I whispered in the mic. It doesn't go away. Yeah, it doesn't it's, go away. Um, <laughs> I still feel the same. I feel those emotions on a grander level. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's the practice of just showing up in the, in those little things that then reiterates like, okay, I can, I've survived, I can do this. And then you're, you can then shift your mindset. Like I am my own person. What people, I cannot control the outcome of what people think of me. Um, what I'm doing is rooted in, in me. This is my story. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, really telling yourself that the story of what's true. Right. Um, and so the, the practicing the story of what's true and, and, and focusing on those things. And then right now there are, five things, at least five things on my brain mm -hmm. that are far more challenging than anything ever that I've ever had to do up until this point. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting here <laughs> just talking to you, you know, they're there. Yep. Um, I'll go home after this and I'm with my, my kids today. It's a kid's day. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're there, yeah. but I'm like, I have, I have, we have figured it out. We figured out things before. How do we triage the information? how do I trust myself to know that the answers are inside of me to be able to get from point A to point B, C further down the road yeah. and practicing. So some days it's just Mark and I reminding ourselves, like we we've done it before. It's just take a breather today. It's just, it's just a practice. I would say. Yeah. I like what you said, practicing, reiterating the story that's true rather than telling yourselves narratives 
being your worst enemy, yep. talking yourself out of something. I think that's so important. Okay, so in June you welcomed your third your third child, Ayla, like you said. What was that experience like when the Everyday Kitchen was making such exciting moves? Yeah, no, we had no reference point. We had never, so I had had a baby in home-based business. I'd never had a baby in a brick and mortar yeah. store. Did you take um, more than four weeks off this time? I run both of our social media accounts. So I yeah. didn't take a break. Like, I mean, it's like bare bones right now. I'm like right. just surviving. So, I mean, I took a break from being in the, ki- I don't really work in the kitchen. Like I don't have chefs, more of like an advisor um, training role. Mm-hmm. So Yes, for about four or five weeks. I did need to jump in and help with something right around that five-week <laughs> okay. mark. Right. That's a magic number. <laughs> yeah, that five-week mark. But um, yeah, it has been, it's been such a nice, she's been such a grounding piece to our story. Like she came mm. right before we moved over to our um, new location. So she was born in June. We just moved over. I guess she was four months. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a lot. It's, yeah. I'm not going to lie. It's, I mean, we're like, we're tired and, yeah. but we're just, you've, you've just, we've just conditioned ourselves. So we, we have some some good systems at home to keep ourselves grounded, yeah. but it's just, it's great. It's one thing to um, set yourself up to replace me in a kitchen, mm-hmm. but then obviously taking like even removing even mentally from that game, yeah. it just shows just new avenues that need to be like fundamentals of things we can grow. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's been really good and it's provided us a lot of opportunity to Oh, we wouldn't have ever known that if we didn't have a baby yeah. or and I wasn't. So now I'm like, now I get to find out really fast. Yeah. So I'm like, at least I know <laughs> now as opposed to three years from now and then have to f- not fix the problem, but right. like fill the gaps. Yeah. So now we're in like, we're in, once we can finally get settled in our new business and yeah. in our new home, since we just moved as well. Yeah. Um, it'll be a lot of like reestablishing systems and structures to maintain what we what we've been able to totally work on super quickly yeah yeah, yeah you, we were talking about this before we got started but you are moving as well so you're moving you just got into a new location new child another biz or another location coming like i i that's <laughs> <laughs> a lot yeah uh, it's it's a lot yeah, yeah awesome so yeah. reflecting back on when you were developing the sourdough donut recipe in the kitchen did you ever imagine, like I just said, I just listed all of those really crazy things happening at the moment, very exciting things, yeah. lots of things to juggle. Did you ever imagine that you'd be one of the most beloved local businesses in the city with a staff of your own and moving into this new flagship location, another location coming up? Did you ever imagine this? Absolutely not. Yeah. No. Um, I think my heart can respond to the work that we're doing, like um, the creative aspect piece of when you own, it's our own, we get to tap into our innate strengths and calling, I would say, like right. we, we call the shots. Like, it's like, well, if we want to try it, we're the only ones stopping us. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, it's sure as heck surprises me like this, like the sourdough donuts. I was never, this was never in the plan, mm-hmm. but um, just knowing what I know of myself growing up and and how my my brain wants to work and how I'm how I'm motivated and and how Mark and I work together and, and his skill set. It's not surprising to us that we're we're building something because that's what that's what him and I like to do together. We like to identify, strategize, connect, mm-hmm. create. So does that like part of it? Yep. Yes. Like yep. absolutely the sourdough donut aspect. Um, but being able to to bring a space that I'm that I wanted to take my family to. No, it's just like, I still drive up and I'm like, what? Like yeah. I get to bring my, like my kids here and we're just like, we're having coffee. Like we mm. would like, 
if we were like in Vancouver, we'd want to go to Matchstick or just wherever we would go traveling. Like this is the place that we've built here and this mm -hmm. is our second home. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I don't think you can underestimate the power of being able to make somebody's day. Like there are so many moments that you probably don't even see where people have somebody brings home donuts to somebody else. Somebody surprises somebody, somebody it's that's maybe the best part of their day is to be able to take some time to themselves, enjoy a sourdough donut and be very thankful that, that you started that, that sourdough donut recipe with the $7 cookbook from Sears. I keep bringing it up, but it's, it's so funny to bring back up. Um, but it's so important to your story and it just shows you just how important you are to this community and how you spark so many moments of joy for so many different people. Thank you. And that's why we built this new this space. We, we wanted to create sections where it's like, if you had a reason, like if you're coming for coffee, mm -hmm. if you're coming for a meeting, if you're coming with your family, if you're coming by yourself, yeah, anything to do with a connection point with yourself or others, we wanted to create a space that fostered that. And so that's why this space is so important to us because not only do we love, love our product and our coffee, mm -hmm. um, it's the feel people, it's that, that bringing it all together with yeah. your enjoying the product and you feel like you're a part of, of a really a nice energy or just a nice part of the community. That's, that's what we're trying to evoke yeah. in people. So that's, that's, we're super happy about that in this yeah. space. Yeah. Love that. What's next for Katie and the everyday kitchen? Um, what's next for me is really identifying. I mean, with this amount of change in that many years, you can just guess how much chaos can also yeah. be in that. And so it's, I mean, we we f we did the what we needed to do all along the way, but it's that re, re rebuilding and restructuring. What is ultimately my job? Mm. Does that, so, um, I'm a stay at home mom. We homeschool our kids, mm -hmm. um, but I'm also building and connected to this building to this business, and I like both. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's um, establishing what is it? How am I using my skill set to serve our business? in a strategic way mm -hmm. and that has the most bang for my time mm -hmm. and how do I stay connected and focused to what's happening at home um, and teaching those little ones showing them along the way what we're what we're working on mm -hmm. bringing up conversations just we're just living life together like that's we have this like own little like duckling unit yeah. it's like there's <laughs> like I mean like Ayla's right now she'll she's growing it's getting harder for me to get her to sleep out, but right. two days a week, she's in my, in my like carrier for yeah. about five to six days a week and yeah. just walking around the shop, mm -hmm. meetings, things like that. So yeah. I don't know. I just need some more. I need some strategy. Yeah. I need some strategy on how, how to continue to move forward in a, in a healthy way to keep, yeah, to keep my skill sets, um, not over on overdrive mm -hmm. or just like me, me and Mark on overdrive so much because there's seasons of overdrive, over overdriving growth, yeah. but just really find some sustainability in that, um, in our personal life and yeah. in our business. Yeah. Regroup and reload. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Before we let you go, I have some questions to, to connect with you on more of a, let's say like more of a surface level okay. situation. Um, so these questions, um, are going to be more like speed run questions. And, um, like I said, they'll be able to connect with you on a different level. So first question, You've developed so many different flavors of donuts. What's your personal favorite? Oof. I generally go on more of the plain side, like okay. not the super sweet. Um, and I really like like apple fritters. Yeah. Oh, and then lemon meringue. Uh, oh, the staff yeah. always laugh at me because I don't eat very many donuts, but after Ayla was born, yeah. 
I get tired. <laughs> and they we had just come out with lemon meringue. Yeah. And it just surprised me. I've never had lemon meringue pie in my life. Okay. I didn't know. I've never had it. And I just tasted like... We had like kind of executed it with like me being at home, being like, let's try this. And then yep. they were, were, the kitchen team was working it out and then they put it together and they tasted it. And I was like, <laughs> I just liked it. <laughs> so I think different. they had, Mark was like, I can't believe we're doing it to you. I think they probably had like, I don't know, like one every day for two weeks. Really? Like, yeah. oh, it's just like, I need a lemon ring. I was so tired. I was like, totally. coffee and lemon ring donuts. Yeah. Um, what have you learned about boys since having two of your own? They like to talk about butts. <laughs> sure. You can talk about butts. <laughs> no, no, they like to talk about like, Oh, make, they like no. to talk. <laughs> <laughs> boys like no, to talk about butts? Like they're always making like potty jokes. Oh, like, right. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, so we have a lot, so we have a lot of fun with potty jokes at home, but then sometimes I'm like, who are you going to say this to outside of our house that's going to be <laughs> yeah. offended by this? So yeah, we have a lot of fun with like potty talk. But I feel like that's something all parents are like, please don't say this outside yeah. of the home. <laughs> no, I don't want to talk yeah. about butts. <laughs> Can I talk about butts? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, uh, next question. A song that you never get sick of. I mean, we listen to Coldplay Higher Power. Okay. Like, but the kids really like to dance to that. So. Yeah. And when I was pregnant with Ayla, we listened to that. It's like a fairly newer song, but right. when we're, when we're going to do some dancing, we usually throw that one on. Yeah. Coldplay is so underrated. There's oh. somebody listening that's like, no, I hate Coldplay, but like. I love Coldplay. All, all yeah. their stuff. Totally. Yeah. yeah. A food that reminds you of your childhood. Chip Ahoy. Chocolate chip oh, cookies. Oh, so good. With milk, because we would, I am the youngest of four, and we would just like eat a million and dip them in milk. Yeah. Me too. I used to come home from school and we'd either have fudgios or chipotle cookies and would dunk them and watch YTV, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Um, Cereal or soup? Oh, I like them both. Um, Like if you could, if I had to pick one. Yeah. What's like breakfast or lunch? I I don't know. know, Right? Um, Cereal. Yeah? Yeah. What is it about cereal that uh, gives it the win? Nostalgia? Okay. From being a kid. I don't know. Yeah. What kind of cereal were, did you? Were you like cinnamon toast crunch, or were you like cornflakes? We were. Up? Funny how parents' brains work. We were only allowed to have the non-sugar cereal, which was like sugar crisp and like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the epitome of like '90s parenting. Is yeah. like, yeah. That's um, like, and then we couldn't have Fruit Loops until the weekend, but you could have sugar crisp on Monday to Friday. Okay. Um, which ones? I don't think we had a large array of cereal options. I think yeah. we could do like. Cheerios, Honey Nut Cheerios were a big one, but like yeah. those ones are probably equally as in, in sugar as yeah. like like cinnamon toast cruncher. But those were the weekend cereals. I love that where it's like, oh, you can only have the healthy cereals like Shreddies, but then you would what do you do? You take a spoonful of sugar and you sprinkle it on the top. Absolutely right. Yes. Um, something that you have trouble throwing out or donating. Clothes that I don't like, but I bought in like a special time or yeah. like when we were traveling, or it's like I have a fond memory of right. Yeah, that's like a good in like one. an old season of life or something like that. Yeah, totally. Something that sparks an emotion. Yeah, but I'm never gonna wear but it. You're never gonna but wear it. But then, because so, I think a couple times I've gotten rid of something and then like two years later, like wondered where it went, and so I, like I'm always thinking like, am I gonna wonder where? It, yeah, like, exactly. Where it went. Yeah, yeah. Or I donate it to my sister, and then I see her wearing it, and I'm like, dang, I didn't I want, want her that. to have that. <laughs> <laughs> give that back to me. <laughs> donate it to my sister. What I meant was give. You're right, right. <laughs> donate it to my sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Last question. What connects us? Life experience. Mm-hmm. Be- just vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Katie, thank you so much for taking some time. I know you said that this is a day you can, you'll have with your kids. Um, so I'm, I'm really appreciative that you've taken some time to sit down with me today. Your story is just so rooted in community values, cooperative values, and just being a kind and generous person. You said it 
at some point in this interview, you said never underestimate the the power of being kind or generous. And I feel like that is just a theme of your entire story. I love the component of you starting with the $7 cookbook from Sears and how it has exploded into this amazing community-driven organization that is sparking joy with so many different people. Thank you so much for taking some time and, uh, and teaching us a little bit something today. Yeah, thank you. It was super fun to be here. You bet. Well, that's it for our chat with Katie and this episode of the What Connects Us podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode. If you like the podcast, please do us a favor, hit that subscribe or follow button, leave a review of the podcast and share the podcast with a friend or on social media. We'll see you in two weeks. Until then, you know I'm off to grab a donut. Let's connect soon. Let's connect soon.